0: Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm John. I'm Kevin and this is a very special holiday edition of six degrees of Schwarzenegger the podcast where we take a long hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold (laughs) (laughs)
1: Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down
0: Once again, happy holidays. Welcome to the podcast, you guys.
1: Yeah, this is the second uh, installation of our breakdown of the 1988 holiday classic (laughs) Die Hard. (laughs) Bite us. Action classic, holiday classic, probably top 10 action movie, top
0: 10 Christmas movie. Yeah. All the arguments with people that say this isn't one. Every other person is humming a Christmas song. They're talking about it being Christmas Eve. Yeah.
1: You don't go five minutes in this movie without a reminder that it's Christmas. Absolutely. I'd say that counts.
0: That does it's count. Like,
1: I was thinking it's like Gremlins. Yeah. Which is a Christmas movie, even though it's not about Santa Claus. Right. It's not about whatever. It's not about it, Christmas. Right. But it's happening at Christmas and there's is full of reminders that it's Christmas.
0: Tis the season
1: for yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> so where we left off, the terrorist had just taken over the building uh, McLean, John McLean, Detective John McLean of the New York Police Department <laughs> had just narrowly escaped being captured. But now he's got his wife is among the 30 or so hostages that are yep. being held by this gang of we don't know what yet. Which is
0: 30, a really small
1: office It seems party? like more people. It seemed like more than 30 people were at the party in my estimation.
0: Hmm. It's a really small office. But either way, they say office. that, right?
1: Though they say 30 or so. But that might have just been McLean's eyeball
0: guess. And also, that must not be the full workforce that would eventually work. No, at the these are only the executives, I think, yeah. are invited to this open bar. That, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> not the grunts, not the drones. So McLean, we pick up
1: on him. He's in a stairwell. And he's running up to the 31st floor. He peeks out the door and there are terrorists out there, like, Oop. pushing a cart yep. down the hall. Yep. So he continues on up. In my mind, he should be working his way down, like mm. down and out of the building to call the FBI or call the police.
0: My response is, number one, he was just on the phone. The phones are dead. Number two, I don't think he's going anywhere and, until he knows that he absolutely has to. If yeah. Holly is still there. See, that's the thing that would keep him there, right? Is that I he so. feels
1: like Holly's life is in his hands to a degree.
0: Maybe at this point, he thinks that if he can do some good, he needs to be there.
1: Honestly, and like the more information, the more like info he can gather, the more, the more he can he's help gonna the be. police. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> We're going to roll with that logic. Give us a shot and let us know what you think. We'll tell you you're wrong. (laughs) So, the terrorists meanwhile are corralling all the hostages together.
0: (laughs) Ellis is in in a a panic. (laughs) He's like, Oh my God, just just take home. (laughs) I love the looks on Holly and Takagi's faces. They're They're both like this fucking guy. They're not impressed with Ellis. Ellis should be cool under pressure, this Ellis. Like, First of all, he's
1: he's high out of his mind, but yeah. also like he
0: he does a high stress job. But this is not a multimillion dollar deal. That's Kevin. true. I mean, it is, but it's not the kind that Ellis is used to. So then back to McClane. he's now made it to the 32nd floor. He peeks out and it's like
1: under construction. There's yep. no sign of anybody. So he pops out. He tries one of the phones on that floor and it's dead. It's dead. So, so now out. I think, yeah, he's convinced now at this point, like, OK,
0: trying to think of what to do. Cut. Um and he looks across. He looks out a window and sees a girl across the way <laughs> on a phone in a neighboring building. Oh, is that what the lo- the, the
1: relevance of that shot was for I, you?
0: I think so. I thought
1: she was also like either naked or very scantily clad. Oh, maybe so. I thought it was also just more gratuitous. Whatever. Was it? Well, Man. McTiernan like he said on the commentary like that he felt the need to add a bunch of eye candy like for the male eyeball, the male gaze. Oh, well, she's definitely on the phone. <laughs> um, but he also, in his defense of himself says like he felt like there was a lot of eye candy for women too like that. The terrorists were beautiful. Like they look like models and that, stuff, you know, that argument does not fly with yeah. me <laughs> the way. that <laughs> So the way the filmmakers like established the geography of the building is incredible yep. in this movie. It's, like he's peeking out the various floors. I never paid that much attention. Just when you're just casually watching no, the no movie with a beer in your hand, but like, they lay out here's the layout of these five floors that he's playing around on, and that never changes and you can tell from
0: you know his surroundings like which floor he's on at any given moment it, well it it's so they could create different environments so that it didn't always look like he was in the, on the same floor in the same situation,
1: yeah, they and establish
0: yeah, that each floor has got its own sort
1: of what like its own pros and cons right that like, oh, this is the floor defining that's under construction chari- defining characteristics. Yeah. Um, Hans Gruber is telling the hostages ladies and gentlemen <laughs> that's a good that's good work thank you he's telling them you know that we're here to teach the Nakatomi Corporation a lesson I, basically I
0: just but I love this whole setup where the people are just freaking out and he's just sitting there like prim and proper looking through his little journal. Before what was
1: the thing? He said like one line and then he closed the book. Was that like, he just wanted to say that one line. Correctly? Ladies and
0: gentlemen, he just, I, he's, I think he's just looking at it. Just are those maybe, his notes on the caper? I think so. Probably. Okay. Sure. Who knows? It's his <laughs> address book. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He, so he tells the, the hostages that the Nakatomi Corporation, for its legacy of corporate greed, is about to be taught a lesson in the abuse of power. Yeah. Um, he then starts rattling off Takagi. Uh, yeah, he says
1: bio. Takagi step forward. And Holly like puts that vice grip on his arm. Like you're not going anywhere, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he goes through the full bio, like full
0: bio from of, birth in the thirties right. through world war two, like scoping out people as he's walking through, maybe it's you, maybe it's you. He walks up to Ellis, <laughs> Ellis fucking Ellis. And Ellis is like, no, man, it's not me. He, he shakes his head like
1: in a panicked sort of way, like just really quick shaking his head. No, like, no, no, it's not me.
0: Oh, my like, God. I'm pretty sure he was aware of. You that. know what I just thought of? What's up? And maybe it's better that it didn't happen this way. But you know who could have nailed the role of Ellis? Hit me. Bill Paxton.
1: Oh, Yeah. Perfect. He might have been a little young.
0: Yeah. At this time, he couldn't
1: have. Yeah. He
0: was that was like he's he's that kind of guy. Just that kind of you're just idiot. It's (laughs) anyway. We digress. So eventually Takagi steps forward right as uh, Hans is is revealing that he's also that Takagi is also a father of five. This is an intimidation game, right? Like he's like, we know
1: you whatever it seems like we could find your family if yeah. you don't we know where us. your family is uh, they know everything about him except apparently what he looks like right <laughs> I'm like thinking in that whole dossier,
0: you did not have a picture of him. Yeah, all the all their access to information, no one could find like one Polaroid of Takagi. I felt that was a little a little whatever. But it was still yeah. a great moment in the film. Ha- and then Hans's demeanor changes on a dime. He becomes charming, almost debonair. How do you do? He introduces how do you do? It's a pleasure to meet you. Yes. And they take Takagi away. They haul him away, yeah. But not before Hans gets a, a long look at Holly with thirsty, thirsty eyes. I didn't
1: I never Paid that much attention, but you're right. Like he looks her up and down. Yeah. Kinda. He like he likes what he sees. Let's yeah. put it that way. Um, Hans and Takagi and a few terrorists are in the elevator, and Hans is like admiring his suit. Yeah, he's humming Ode to Takagi's doing, suit, and he's admiring his suit. Nice suit, John Phillips, London, and he just drops the line. Rumor has it,
0: Arafat buys his there.
1: <laughs> he knows
0: what all. Where all the terrorists. And- I, I
1: imagine there's a terrorist like fashion magazine. Oh, totally. And he's totally. Uh, the the publisher. <laughs> Hans Gruber, man, he's like equal parts charming and terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like he's so like sinister. Like in like you he know.
0: vacillates between so many different emotional states. Yeah. So seamlessly, it's it's a. It's a masterclass in acting. From he'll say, you know,
1: he'll say something intensely
0: threatening, and then crack a huge smile. Yeah, and yeah, it's just like, who is this man? He's, oh, it's, uh, it's. There's so much dimension to the character. It's, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's the mark of a true actor that you can take, you know, what could be just your run of the mill anonymous bad guy, and bring like depths
0: out of the character that and, aren't necessarily on the page. And who to this point. On in stage acting, everything sort of has to be a little bit exaggerated. You know, it has to be a little bit bigger so that it reads to an audience. But his ability to manipulate his voice and his face in close proximity. I mean, he's just like he's like an old pro. Like he's been doing it all his life. It's amazing. It's awesome. Awesome
1: casting. Glad they convinced him to do his first ever movie. Totally. It seemed like he wasn't keen on necessarily doing this it makes sense like he's nervous about doing a big hollywood thing and then he didn't want to be a bad guy in an action movie like that's he's used to shakespeare you know right um but yes perfect for him sort of
0: so so perfect for him that it's hard to think of him in any other way well i mean because he played so many iconic villains and or shady characters he you know the the Sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves, Severus Snape in the Harry Potter series. It's always, and then like there are only a few examples of you know average guys or nice guys that I can even think of, like his role in uh, Sense and Sensibility. Maybe that like Love Actually. Yeah, where he plays sort of the dumpy dad. And you see, I see him in interviews, and he's like the most like friendly seeming a sweet, warm guy. Apparently, uh, Bonnie Bedelia said that like they went to lunch together every day and that he was just like the most gentle kind human being. That's awesome. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. It seems do too. like that
1: way I I miss that you out, too
0: soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so now McLean's made his way all the way to the 35th floor, top floor of the building. He sees there some terrorists wheeling a guided missile down the hallway <laughs> And they, he decides, you know what? I'm gonna head back downstairs. They came to the teeth. They've got yeah. They got it all. Yeah. They brought um, all the toys. So now McClane heads back down to what must be the 34th floor, mm-hmm. which is laid out like it's the corporate offices.
0: There's like boardrooms and stuff like that. It's where you take people to impress them during a multi-million dollar deal.
1: And that's where uh, Hans Gruber has. Uh, Takagi. Yeah, McLean's popped out, and he's he's taken in the whole situation. He pays special attention to this bridge model Hans <laughs> right. does, and then Takagi's like, "Is that what this is about? Our project in Indonesia?" But it seems like the reputation, I guess, of the Nakatomi Corporation is that they
0: maybe exploit like third world countries or developing countries. Right. That's 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 how it seems. Even though he Takagi is like, you know, don't believe what you hear. Don't believe our reputation. Right. So Um, McLean is sort of watching all this from a hiding spot. uh, Hans at this point is ready to get down to business and needs a computer access code from Takagi, right? Yeah. He's like, wants to get onto their, their internal system. He wants the,
1: the CEO password, which Takagi says he doesn't have. Which makes sense. He's not the CEO. Right. But I almost feel like he maybe does have it because he doesn't just stick to his guns of I don't know that password. Why would I? Like, what's he, he, Is
0: he chairman? Is that his deal? What's his title?
1: He's got to be the head honcho in North America for okay. the company. So he's not. The, but he says, like, if you want the password, like you're going to have to go to Tokyo and get it from the CEO. Right. So I don't know, but I take it. He's the most senior guy in North America for the company. That makes sense. I've never thought that he didn't know the code, but you say you think he legit doesn't know it. So that's yeah. interesting to me. I still don't, I'm not buying that Takagi has the code, but at any rate, Takagi doesn't want to give up the code to Gruber. Cause he seems to think that it's about like bringing the corporation down and blackmailing, whatever.
0: Right. And Gruber says, look, I don't care about any of that. Hans just says he needs it because he wants the cha-ching six hundred and forty million dollars in bearer bonds in the building's vault. I think that if Takagi knew the code, he'd get why it not up? give it up and let insurance pay for that money? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to think they're insured, although he's going to save 30 plus lives and they're going to get that money back unless. Yeah, unless that money is shady, which brings us to the issue of bearer bonds. What
1: are they? Um, I don't know. I do. <laughs> oh, OK, I did some research. So Tell me everything these bearer bonds, that is what Gruber's after they are, you know, essentially a document of cash mm-hmm. like they're. They're, untra- they're issued by the U.S. Treasury. They're untraceable. There's no record kept of who's holding which bearer bond with what serial number. So their, their primary use during this time period was to do illicit business like <laughs> bribes or arms deals or under the table business that you want kept off the books. You're, it's a way to transfer wealth without there being any record of it. So it's suspicious that the corporation would have a whole lot of them right. sitting around. It indicates that perhaps the Nakatomi Corporation is up to some shady business dealing.
0: Devil's advocate, maybe the Nakatomi Corporation keeps that cash on hand in case of last minute deals that they need to make. Yeah, last minute bribes. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I think shortly after this movie, the government, the US government stopped issuing bearer bonds because essentially their main use was like you know, Got transferring it. wealth with no record, which if you're trying to transfer that amount of money with no record, it's probably something illegal right? You're or something that you just don't want it on paper. It bolsters the argument that this company is not. It's not on the up and they're up. They're not humanitarian aid. Corporations don't deal like this. You deal like this when you're trying to keep it off
0: the books. Right. At any rate, <laughs> he also is incredulous that these guys have just busted up in there for money. What kind of terrorists are you? <laughs> They're not really
1: terrorists, are they? No, But like thieves. It's weird. Like when discussing this movie, every single person ever just refers to the bad guys as the terrorists. Well, it's because
0: because they're bad guys. Like they, yeah. they're in there the way that they're armed, everything that they're doing, the firepower that they have. I've does, never
1: heard anyone say when the thief, you know, thieves, when he's
0: fighting the thieves in Die thieves, Hard. Thieves they're is the diminutive, too diminutive a term.
1: It's just weird that they go out of their way to say we're not terrorists. And it still sticks. Maybe it's denial. (laughs) Yeah. But they're there under the guise of being terrorists as well. So I guess it makes, you know, whatever. But that was like a McTiernan touch where he said he didn't want to do the movie. His thing was like, there's no sense of, I want there to be a sense of joy about the, about the bad guys. And there's no like sense of joy about terrorism. In the
0: way that you. uh,
1: (laughs) We said the audience, they could like sit back and appreciate a good
0: caper. But okay. you can't like
1: appreciate a good terrorist. Where you attack. can,
0: where you can appreciate a badass villain because, like a Darth Vader or somebody. Yeah, he's like that, brilliant he's like, and yeah. he's a genius, but he's not
1: like I want to blow up a church. Right. He's like <laughs> he's just here for money. Like <laughs> right. That a fan could appreciate that plan. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, I'll get on board with that. All right. What well, Takagi he argues that the code is the code won't help you break into the vault, and then that's when Hans hits him with that. Then there's no reason not to tell us. And I'm like, shit, I'm like, I'm a guy who's ruled by logic. And if you hit me with logic like that, if I knew the code, I'd be like, all right, yeah, you you caught me in that one. I'll tell right. you the
0: code. Right. We also see a brief exchange between Theo and Carl right over the shoulder. There's some sort of a side bet. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, I told, I told you. you. And he's like, it's not over yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. Um, but yeah, that's when Gruber like gets his gun out. Yeah. Like it becomes more threatening. Yep. He's like, you know, that's a nice
0: suit. It'd be a shame to ruin it. And he's mm. like, I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. And he starts counting. True to his yeah. word. By this time, also, we should mention that uh McLean has been hiding and trying to get a good look of what's going on. But it's ever so
1: carefully blocked that he never gets to see Hans's face. Right. Which is important. That is important. Um But yeah, yeah. I think Takagi thinks that he's Maybe still bluffing. I think he's Yeah, I think he thinks he's bluffing. But he's like saying, I'm telling you, I don't know the code, so you're just going to have to kill me. And he says, okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: Blows his brains out and says, we'll do it the hard way. McLean is shocked. Well, I, mean, I mean, it's a shocking moment. It says a lot about the kind of villain that Hans is, because to this point, the movie's not been on very long, but Hans has been very, like, put together, slick. Mm-hmm. Everything about him says it's I guess like his patience runs out though. And he's a ruthless killer. He is vicious, man. It's like, he's not afraid to, and you said it, he sort of seems like the kind of guy who doesn't get his hands dirty here. We see Hans is like, I'm fine getting my hands dirty. I may not clean up after yeah. but I'm going to, I have no problem killing. <laughs> now
1: the scene, obviously like it's shocking for it, that it was a bloody scene, but I think it's also like, you don't realize until that moment, like how brutal this movie is going to be with the violence as opposed to like your, Rambo or something where it's just like an army of dudes getting wiped out. But there's not like you, you as the audience feel like you don't have any blood on your hands. Right. And this movie is like, oh, that was shocking. Like, I was not ready for that moment. Yeah. Even though you sort of see it coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, likewise, McLean is shocked. Yep. Right afterwards, Han says the most cold blooded thing where he's like, you know, someone I can't remember who it was. You dispose of that. Mm hmm. Like, Jesus,
0: that is cold-blooded. Yeah, to not him, com- that. Yeah. That inanimate object. He also tells Carl to go check on Heinrich, who's another one of the terrorists uh, who was elsewhere in the building. Before leaving, Carl hands over his money to Theo. He lost the bet, apparently. Oh, he lost the bet! <laughs> okay. And then that's... That, yeah, and then McLean, like, he's trying to
1: escape because he can see that they're starting to leave. He hits his head on the underside of the table, makes some noise. Um... Everyone sort of look all the terrorists kind of panic a little bit. Right. Carl runs out to to see what the source of the noise yeah, was. Really find anything. No, he tries a door and it's locked and he comes back and sort of shrugs. Meanwhile, McLean's locked himself in that room. Thank God. So then once they're content that there's no threat on the floor, I guess, um, Hans asked Theo, you know, like now you can break the code. And Theo's like, well, you didn't bring me along for my charming personality. Uh, we get Gruber's slimy, sleazy smile. Oh, yes. Yeah, so wonderful good. moment. He's so good. Every moment he's on screen is, yep. is just amazing. Maybe at this point you've recognized that we're big fans of Alan Rickman. <laughs> so McLean, he's like sort of begging slash praying that Argyle heard this gunfire and is calling the police right now from the limo.
0: No chance. Argyle's <laughs> got the stereo turned up as loud as it'll go. He's
1: cranked. He's like on the phone with whoever.
0: Is that when he's like saying like he's talking to the girl? I he's guess, like, he's, he thinks I'm in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, He's like, my
1: boss. He thinks I'm on my way to Vegas. <laughs> I would think they check the mileage when you get back. Like, oh, you didn't drive to Las Vegas and back last night. Argyle, where the Oops. hell were you? Anyway, I love it. Um, I mean, Argyle, he's like a comic relief character. Yeah, totally. But he he gives the character some depth, you, you know? know, like, I don't know. He's and he's so damn likable. Like, it's yeah. just like you don't mind that he's sort of there just to further the plot. He a does a bit. great job. Um, so Heinrich, Marco and Uli are
0: Who's up on Al the Who's Al from fucking
1: Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to get to him later. Yeah, he's yeah. got a, such a great moment in oh, this yeah. movie. Coming up. Um, but yeah, they're up on the roof wiring something. What could it be? I tell you, it can't be anything good. Internet? No, okay. no. Yeah, they're setting up. <laughs> they're setting up the cable. <laughs> they're, they're setting up the Wi-Fi. And meanwhile, Theo is warning Hans. Like Theo says, he can't break the last failsafe, the electromagnetic
0: seal. Right. And Hans just doesn't seem too concerned. He's essentially yeah. leave that to me. Yeah. He's collected. He's smooth. He has a plan.
1: And now we're back with McLean. He's made his way up, or I guess down now, to the thirty-second floor, the under-construction right. floor. He's sort of kicking himself for not s- trying to save the. Didn't you
0: stop him, John? He talks to himself a lot in this movie. He does but, I mean, you kind of got to, I guess, when you're all, when you're on screen by yourself one hundred percent of the time, and it's you're not, <laughs> not Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: <laughs> it's not the best way to stay quiet, like if you're trying to hide. Yeah, but, he knows. You know. He knows
0: he's by himself up there. So he sees a fire alarm. Yeah, and, a and he it. So
1: another smart. Another smart decision by right. McLean. And that actually works, right?
0: right? Eddie on the desk downstairs, he gets an alarm. That the yeah, uh, Your desk terrorist, Eddie, tells <laughs> tells Hans that there's a fire alarm. And uh, Hans tells him to call 911, cancel the alarm, and disable the system. Then, astutely asks what floor the alarm was on. Oh, yeah. Hans is like, he's always quick thinking
1: on his feet He's there. two steps ahead. Yeah, so... He says it's the 32nd, and then Gruber, uh, he sends Tony up there. Tony, go check it out, terrorist Tony. Tony the terrorist. Um, <laughs> Eddie calls off the alarm, and you see, like, McLean is looking out the window, and you can see the line of fire trucks coming, like, several cars, half a dozen yeah. maybe. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's pumped. Then they all shut off their, their sirens and turn around and he's screaming and yelling he's He's all pissed off freaking out swearing a lot when I would watch this with my parents like this moment would make me uncomfortable because I'm just like he's like
0: it's so you kind of look look out of the corner of your eye it's like gratuitous swearing my parents if they ever listen to this podcast are going to literally die oh no they'll hear f-bombs you'll have to warn them i will okay Would you put, <laughs> put warnings at the beginning that we cuss so, I hey, think Mom. We'll, yeah we put those explicit warnings on for a reason Perfect. we don't want
1: parents or small children <laughs> listening without being duly warned but as uh as mclean is losing his shit that the fire trucks are turning around there's an elevator
0: ding and Which never symbolizes anything good in this movie. An no. elevator ding means some shit. It's a Pavlovian response at this point. It's like every time it dings, it's like,
1: <gasps> yeah. Um, so Tony walks out, machine gun in hand. He's uh he's looking around for McLean, who is like hiding behind it, it looks like a pallet of like sheetrock. The fire has <clears> been called <throat> off, my
0: friend. Uh,
1: Tony <laughs> Tony's about like as untrustworthy as he's they a, come. He's a fucking liar, man. He's like, I
0: promise. He like, Cox is going, I promise
1: I won't hurt you. It's like,
0: he could not be less believable. And then then immediately jumps on the other side of the the stack of sheetrock and opens fire. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just like, okay, well, we know why Tony's here. Tony's not here to find somebody. He's there to kill whoever's up there. But I guess there was like a switcheroo. McLean must have been hiding behind a different pallet because otherwise he would have been
1: seen. And then... As the gunshots fade, like you hear a saw noise mm-hmm. start. And mm-hmm. um and Tony has to run a pretty long distance across the floor to find where the saw is running. So there's no way McLean could have gotten there that right. fast. He must have been all along, somewhere kind moving. of far away. Yeah, he was moving. So as Tony's like examining the saw, McLean gets the drop on him. He yeah. Holds, he's got a gun to his
0: head. Identifies himself as police. Yep. Yeah. Drop it, dickhead. Tony (laughs) says, "You won't shoot me." Policemen have rules. (laughs) Yeah, there are rules for policemen.
1: Um, And McLean's like a smartass, but Tony was right. Yeah, like McLean for whatever reason doesn't drop him. Like he's like he tries to beat him up. He like elbows him in the head, and then they wind up wrestling. Maybe he thought that that would knock him out. I don't know. He must have been hoping like I was thinking, is he trying to be quiet, like keep the gun shots? That down? makes sense. But Tony just shot Not a lot. Yeah. Tony's so, uh, already
0: been firing. We're already wise to, yeah, to guns if, being if, discharged if on this floor. terrorists are coming to help Tony, they're already on their way. Yep. So um, each lose their guns pretty quickly in this rolling around. McLean's got
1: Tony sort of in a headlock and they're crashing through like these steel studs and they're crashing through sheet rock construction, and
0: construction is going to take even longer now
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> they bust through a door and fall down the stairs like half a flight down the stairs and tony yelp says his neck <laughs> is broken i guess as they hit the landing oops yeah poor tony he's dead <laughs> bye tony our first terrorist to get that's it right. at the hands of mclean and yeah that's uh that's that. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like all the gunfire would have drawn more. Back would Think you would think like one or two floors either way. Like you're definitely hearing that. I would think so. And, anyway. Um, so elsewhere, elsewhere. Erstwhile, uh, <laughs> Theo has cracked the password code. Fires up the drill. Cause apparently that's how you're going to get through the next, uh, five locks or whatever. Um, McLean is like rooting around on Tony's corpse. He's taking it. (laughs) He's taking everything useful. Um, you know, cigarettes. He's got all of his guns, his radio, his ammo,
0: sadly, Tony's tiny, tiny feet. But he also finds that fake ID before we, before we talk about the fact that, that six foot four, Tony has size seven (laughs) shoes. I'm not buying it. I call (laughs) bullshit. I'm dubious. Yeah.
1: What did him, yeah yeah he finds a, what a fake id a california driver's license right tony um and then yeah he's and poor dead tony has got like he's cursed with the smallest feet that any six foot four man has ever had because his shoes won't fit mclean you They're know what damn they say mclean's feet are gonna get wrecked now <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically um it's a nice reminder that McClane's barefoot. Mm-hmm. I think I think like that's what it's there for. Is like right. a, he'd
0: get some more shoes if he could, but he can't. We, w- we want to let you know that he's not a moron yeah. and realizes he's not wearing shoes or socks. Yeah.
1: Oh, there was another cool thing that I read on this. So, you know, obviously when they shoot a movie, they don't shoot it in order. Right. So they have to decide before they start shooting anything, like what kind of wounds is McClane going to have through the movie? Like, and when does he get those wounds? Because later on, we're going to have to have him have a wound here on his forehead and here on his shoulder and this and that. That's awesome. And like, there's got to be like wound continuity. So I feel like this was the first time that McLean's gotten hurt. Like he's got, his arm's got a gash and he's like got bloody knuckles. (laughs) He's got blood. It's the first bits of blood on his white tank top. Yep. And so, yeah, basically there's like... Anyway, that fascinated me. Something I never think of that you gotta have this wound continuity and we gotta decide before we shoot frame
0: one. Yeah, it's important exactly when he's it's gonna get hurt and where on his body so that we can have those wounds later. You never know if some assholes are gonna break down your movie scene by scene and make a <laughs> podcast about 31 it. Thirty one years after the fact. <laughs> um, so, so he's
1: disappointed in the in the shoe bit. He also is like, I think disappointed that Tony doesn't have American cigarettes. <laughs> but um he puts Tony's body in the elevator and is going to send it down to the 30th floor. But apparently he lugged that body back up to the 32nd floor, mm-hmm. which is interesting, I guess. That's but why he's so sweaty. Yeah. You get a good workout that way. <laughs> That's a lot of dead weight. That's right. Um, Strength training. But he sees, he looks and sees like a Santa
0: hat. And he he spots a, some Christmas decor and gets this impish gets a, <laughs> grin on his face. <laughs> Bruce what Willis. Called the Bruce Willis smirk. It's, it's classic.
1: Yeah. Um, so down on the thirtieth floor, Gruber's telling the hostages that you know Takagi's dead. He's so slimy. He's like he's helping himself to the food off the buffet. Yeah, as he's talking to him, he's like eating a he's sandwich. Saying,
0: I tried to be reasonable. I tried to be professional. I tried to do things by the book. But Takagi didn't play by the rules, and so now he won't be joining us for the rest of his life.
1: Yeah, that's cold blooded. Sick. But like he says it too. He's bastard. like happy with himself, you know. Um, as this is happening, like ding. Our uh, Pavlovian response. That's right. On the floor. Something's Door opens. Tony's corpse is in there. One of the hostages, a woman, sees it and screams, and there's a little
0: momentary panic. Right as Hans is delivering the line, we've left nothing to chance.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's brilliant. Good writing. Yep. Good fucking writing on this So what do we see when the doors open? Uh, We got Tony in there in his sweats. (laughs) <laughs> a Santa hats on his head and a message written on his a shirt in blood, right? That's gruesome. yeah that's says, gr- in the, that's real gruesome. yeah. it says now I have a machine gun ho ho
0: ho Holly so sees good. all this going on a terrorist questions if maybe they missed a guard, but Han says no yeah this is something else. This is something more sinister.
1: I've seen at in Atlanta there's a like a sort of pop culture convention called dragon con and i've oh, seen yeah. i've seen uh tony at dragon con before like it's just a gray sweatsuit with a santa hat on and that message on the thing it's that's awesome awesome wonderful uh, costume would be great for halloween that would be um i'm gonna yeah and an easy one to yeah yeah to that's a cheap one. yeah i like it um now yeah. McLean is up on the roof uh, of the elevator like a fucking genius badass he's listening to all their chatter um, he found yeah, a sharpie somewhere upstairs. Hell. Yeah, there was like some office supplies around. I buy that. Um, so he's taking notes, like whatever, how many terrorists there are, the names, um, the of names ones. of them. That when he hears a name
0: mentioned, yep, yeah, this is McLean is clever. Yeah, Hans tells uh, one of the terrorists to tell Carl his brother is dead. Yeah, You do it. You tell Carl your brother's (laughs) dead and come on downstairs real quick. Lickety split. Then he starts delegating orders, which, uh, which gives McLean more opportunity to kind of figure out who's who
1: names. He's here. Names, Marco, that. Yeah. Um, so we see one elevator start to come down. Meanwhile, McLean's elevator starts going up at right. a breakneck pace. Pretty sweet shot of him riding the elevator. Up. Yeah. They said that was real. Like That's a, awesome. they had him on the roof of a real elevator. That's yeah. That's awesome. pretty cool. Um, he gets to the top floor. He like has to belly down flat because he was like about cake. to get crushed. Yeah. Right. Um, so he's he kind of sort of crawls out of there and he's up. So I guess he's above the 35th floor now. Right he's like hey, which is like shaft. basically yeah he's like basically on like almost roof level yeah he gets off he starts like looking for what's my next move there's like a pin up girl poster on I the I like wall. That,
0: that little crawl space between between the two areas on the 35th floor it yeah the the recognition of the of the naked lady sort of that's his home base. I started thinking of that spot is that that's home base. This is the spot where I know where I am.
1: I know where I am. I know exactly. Yeah. This goes here. That goes right. there. The elevators are over here.
0: And Absolutely. I, I guess it was, um, it was Carl maybe in the elevator going down as my was riding up. That, that was my thought.
1: Yeah. yeah. That, and then I, I don't know why the other one was going up. Was that another terrorist was another terrorist riding in the elevator? Maybe. Or maybe that. Or maybe when one goes down it like, you know. Counterweight? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how elevators works. work. <laughs> if, if anyone knows how <laughs> elevators work, like let us know. Let us know. But all the little things like the pinup girl poster, like just gives the audience and McLean like this great sense of geography yeah of absolutely. the building.
0: It's it's genius writing and genius like production design. Again, it's it's so it's a, so we don't get confused and we're like, where is he again? Like what other part of the building is this? Um so yeah, we cut back to the bad guys. Carl is freaking out about Tony being dead. Yeah, Carl's pissed. He like tips a desk over. Um he wants
1: to just tear the building apart, basically looking for this guy. Gruber is telling him like, let us finish all of our preparations first. Once, you know, once we're all set, then
0: you can, yeah, you can f- do whatever you want to do to try to find this guy. Right. Once we're settled in and the police are downstairs taking their sweet time, figuring out what's going on. You'll have hours to look for this asshole. Yeah, it's like until then though, we got to stick to our plan. So Hans is, he is a
1: businessman. Like right. he's got his eyes on the prize. Right. Um, you need a guy like that in charge, I guess. Uh, so Holly is and Ellis are watching all this play out, and Holly figures like this must be about John, right? Um, Ellis isn't happy. He's like, "Oh, he's going to get us all killed," you yeah, know. Doesn't basically. think John gonna, should be helping out. Holly must have noticed a long time ago, obviously, that McLean wasn't among the hostages. Had to I live. wonder, like, what did she just assume he's
0: hiding or he's? He's out there doing something like, I mean, well, because I feel like they would have at this point, I think that the only person that they've killed is Takagi and -hmm. they all know that. So he can't have been found because he's not in the room with the rest of the people. Yeah. So she was killed
1: uh, elsewhere or something, but then they would have maybe she would have heard chatter. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they would have said something about it. She's like, you know, what are they so pissed about? It must be John must be. Ellis is like a fucking clown. He's like, oh, he's gonna fuck this whole thing up. Right. He's like, without him, we might what does he think he's doing? He's like job. his job. He's like, it's a, a shit. His job's three thousand miles away. <laughs> it's like, it's all so crazy. I think it's more Alice trying to drag the oh, yeah. down. Like he's, no, a weird, he's a not weird a man. man, I'm the man he should want to be with. At a weird moment. Yeah. It's not the time, Alice. He's basically thinking about still hooking up with Holly tonight. He wants that brie. <laughs> and a <laughs> nice mold wine. I um, love mold wine.
0: Oh, so good. So yeah. now
1: McLean sort of it's odd. He sort of has to work his way down to the 35th floor to then gain access up to the rooftop. That uh, makes but sense. But that yeah, I, I get it. Um so he's up on the roof, he's got his radio and he's like radioing for help. Right. Like putting out a Mayday call basically. Like You know, mayday, mayday, does anyone read, you know, terrorists are taking over the building, this and that. Um, Gruber and the rest can hear this on their radios. You know, the quick thinking ass Hans is like, where's the best place to broadcast the rooftop? Go, 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 go. get Get up up there. there. Yeah. So Carl and a couple others, they make for the
0: rooftop lickety split. Carl is all over and he's like, hmm. He yeah. can't wait. He's got his duffel bag with sweet, sweet vengeance, with
1: God knows what in the duffel bag that he's got. But you figure this must be uh, his preferred weapon. Uh-huh. McClane, meanwhile, is like running afoul of the emergency dispatch lady. Uh, this, this is She's amazing. She's like, "This call is Attention reserved for emergency calls only. <laughs>
0: no fucking shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza?"
1: This movie, man. There's nothing that McClane can say
0: that pulls you out of it. No. Like, He's making a joke. Obviously, that's something that, but it works. I, that we would say if someone said that. And he's like, "Do I sound like I'm? Do I is sound it not, like I'm ordering a pizza? This is an emergency call. I just said they're fucking terrorists up here. Yeah, God. I'm
1: equally enamored with her saying, you know, like I will, we will report this as an FCC violation. He's like, "Yeah, report me. Come the fuck down here and arrest me. Just yeah. send the police. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Carl and his team have gotten up there. Carl's like, nobody kills him, but me. Yeah. Um, Hands off. So yeah, McLean's frantically pleading for help and the baddies open fire at him, like nearly hitting him, right. sending him running for, for cover the, all the commotion. Yeah. Like hurts
0: the ears of the dispatcher deafening, deafening in the ears of the dispatch. She's like, huh?
1: Maybe this isn't a crank call. We'll send Carl Winslow down to check it out. Yeah, Let's call <laughs> a freaking black and white. See if there's anyone in the neighborhood that can do a drive by over there. Um, they know it's the same address as
0: the fire call from earlier. Yeah, at this point, it would seem like there would be some Something's protocols. going on. Some protocols would be triggered that they'd be like, all right, this is not just How coincidence. How many false alarms do we get from the same address on the one Before night? Before we do something? It's yeah. Christmas Eve, though. Come on. So an unsuspecting Sergeant Al Powell <laughs> He's is, stocking is, up. is down at the 7-Eleven or wherever, stocking up on buying as many Twinkies as he can carry yep. <laughs> while humming Let oh. It Snow. And then,
1: like, he goes to the register. The cashier's, like giving him all types of shit about <laughs> the Twinkies. Thought you guys just ate donuts. This is a ballsy cashier to <laughs> like. For my wife. Yeah. How would how comfortable would you be being a smartass to a police officer?
0: I uh, would I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. be ever. I can't see that happening. I, I'm a. i am mean, I'm a strict yes sir no sir guy anyway. Oh, yeah. But to but to officers of the law, especially, I'm like this guy's being total like, smart ass to a total smartass to an armed police officer. Bag it. Yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so great. The interaction was great. You could almost see a moment. There could have been a moment at the end of that scene where the two knew each other. He's like, yeah. all right, I'll see you tomorrow, Al, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that, you know. Um, but at any rate, he goes out tosses his Twinkies in the car and he looks down the street and he can see the Nakatomi building. It's yeah, just down the street. Gas is only
0: 77 cents. I know. What a time to be alive. <laughs> 77 cents for gas. But Al Powell does not suspect that, that up on the top of that building, there's a full on like gunfight happening. So you can see flashes up on the
1: roof and we were talking, is that
0: gun, is that muzzle flashes or is I, that like
1: the,
0: the way that it flickers to me looks like it's, it's yeah. like warning lights for and then, altitude.
1: When we cut back to the rooftop, you can see like there are strobes around the helipad right. that are flashing like that. I'll say the the production value of like shooting on the actual roof is just insane. Like you can't fake that. It no. looks incredible. It looks
0: it looks the remarkable. colors and yeah. everything.
1: The every uh, all the little stuff in the background. Anyway, that's just amazing to me. Um, but the so the two henchmen type terrors, the two nameless Ones are working. <laughs> they're like sort of working McLean back into a corner. Right. And Carl's up on the helipad, like stalking him. Right. Yeah. So it's, it looks like it's going to be in position for McLean right here. Um, Carl has a great shot at him and he misses. Well, he's a dancer, not a marksman. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this actor was legitimately like a Russian ballet yeah, guy. The Bolshoi, or? Yeah. Yeah. That's he awesome. He was friends with Barishnikov. Awesome. Yeah. He was very graceful, but the fact that he missed his shot from basically point blank range, that's weak for me. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it is what it is. Maybe the gun got away from him. He's is, his adrenaline makes pumping. for a better movie to not have McLean be dead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so McClane- he, he was so
0: amped up for want- wanting to kill him to avenge Tony that he just, he blew it. That's true. I'll buy that. Yeah.
1: Um, so McLean is able to work his way back into the like through the ventilation shoots
0: up an entry door and ducks through uh, into the ventilation system. It's like an air shaft. Ducks down on like, or like jumps down on this great Carl is still shooting through the wall and, and McLean's running away. And then we see that he's like, Coming up against this like giant fan of those blade, big
1: fans that you only see in movies.
0: I, I assume they <laughs> exist in real life, perhaps right. in places where humans don't normally go. But he he somehow uses he like wedges the gun in there to stop it, and he squeezes through right. And then he's like, just as the terrorist bought through. himself
1: just enough time, he's climbing down a ladder
0: like over this sort of bottomless pit. Of the air shaft. And like pushes he pushes through um, another doorway. Right. And he's in his crawl space with the naked lady. Yeah, again. he's
1: right back in front right. of the naked lady poster and he's like, okay, I know where I am. He goes back to the elevator shaft, but ooh, the elevators are gone. Yeah, nothing Oops. there. Oops. That sucks. Um so then he goes and he punches out a like a grating at the end of that catwalk. Right. And it's like just a, the bottomless pit of the air shaft that he was above oh, before. Terrifying. you afraid
0: of heights? Have we talked about this? Are you afraid of heights? Yeah. 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 I think in that situation, anyone would be afraid know of heights. I go up to the top
1: floor of work it's like 13 or 14 and I look over the edge and it's like scary. It's way up there.
0: I heard a thing. Don't
1: know if it's true or not, but it's creepy to think about that people say like, when you're looking over the edge like that and you're, you know, you get like, Oh, like that feeling in the pit yeah. of your stomach that you're not afraid that you're going to fall, that you're afraid that you're going to jump. Interesting. <gasps> it's
0: morbid. That's weird. Like it's the, not looking down. That scares me. It's, it is like, I look up and it's sort of, fools with my equilibrium almost you get that vertigo get the, like a dizzy or no it's it's just i feel it's like a moment of panic like i'm just going to inexplicably flip over the rail and maybe that's it maybe it's a fear. Yeah, like i think it's like
1: i could i could jump if i wanted to oh that's, i think that's what it is like i could sick. there's nothing to stop me if i wanted to go over the edge i don't think any part of john mclean wants to jump right now no yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> not um yeah. So he starts, yeah. to, he starts to, like, lower himself. He, like, gets the, oh stock, gets the stock out of the McClane. machine gun and and wedges it in the in the little air vent <laughs> thing and starts to lower himself down. I get a vasophagal like, dude, response. I'm like, buddy, oh, my God. There is no way that this is a good idea. No. And We're originally, like, so he starts reaching to his right for the vent uh-huh. right across the way, which doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's it's It's, it's just, out just out of his reach. It's close, though. And originally. Like, Originally, he was apparently supposed to like he was supposed to grab that vent and when claw the thing through. yeah
1: he was supposed to catch hold of that one right. But I guess as you were watching and like the strap is working its way free oh from the gun, God. it's like the tension uh, is ratcheting it up. I'm gonna puke. Um, yeah <laughs> the the terrorists are creeping ever closer. Right. Like you got they're they've radioed in to, back to Hans and told him like he's in the elevator shafts and Hans is like just lock him in. Yeah. And yep. he'll be trapped. trapped. Wait him out. Wait him out. We'll f- think about it later. But Carl, Carl wants that vengeance. He's like kill crazy. So he, um, he shuts the radio off. But as they're sort of almost about to get him, that's when he falls. And he falls past his intended. Like two vent. floors past at least yeah. one or two floors past. Yeah. He catches hold of the next shaft Just down, somehow. which is
0: virtually Or maybe beyond, maybe literally impossible. Only a ninja warrior could do that. Or um, the finger strength of a
1: ninja warrior. Yeah. You catch yourself when you're falling 20 feet by your fingertips. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's possible. That's probably the most far-fetched thing in this movie. I think so. Is him catching that. Yeah. Um, But so he's able to sort of pull himself up and get in there, which I'm also not sure that with nothing to really grip
0: on. You could pull yourself. I up. think you could once you were gripped. He's like using if you've his ever, feet. If, if you've ever watched Ninja Warrior, if like you have an like an amazing upper body strength, those guys do like amazing things with just their arms. Okay. With, with completely devoid of their lower body, so it's not hard for me to believe that maybe. And he was able to moment, use his feet to help a little yeah, bit, and maybe in that moment he can get over get over that. I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head that it's the most unbelievable thing in the movie to think about. Him, just some guy, him falling three an floors, Joe. and grabbing onto that ledge and catching it just at the right yeah. moment. Um, so Carl, hears the clatter. Right. There
1: arose such a clatter <laughs> that um, Carl, when he peeks over the thing, by this time, McLean's climbed his way into the, the vent fully. Right. Then he
0: takes his lighter out to see sort of what lays ahead, um, I guess. And my favorite line from the movie. I think everyone's favorite line That's in the hard. movie. Well, it's, come out of the coast we'll get together have you laughs. <laughs>, laughs
1: there's that little weird musical cue <laughs> yeah but carl has seen the light in the shaft he knows, so he knows he's he still knows alive what's he's, going on he knows what floor he's on everything like that um yeah that's what we call a
0: cliffhanger and that's where we're gonna have to leave you that's where we're really gonna uh, leave you, friends. We're until gonna have have to next put week. you to bed until Christmas morning. <laughs> we're gonna put you to bed and hope that you dream sweet dreams of yeah, John vi- McClane, visions
1: of sugar plums and and Al Powell
0: <laughs> and, and Twinkies and dancing tw- in your head. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, we will be back with have more. Holidays. See you guys next time.
1: seen a man chilling with his dog at the park. I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my god, a ill reindeer. My then I was healing, cause the man at a beer. and a bag full of 30, 12 o'clock at night. So I turned my head a second, and the man was gone. Pretty much just drop his wallet, smack dad on the lawn. I picked the wallet up and then I took a pause. Took out the lights, and then it cold, said Santa Claus. A million dollars in it cold, hundreds of jeans. Enough to buy a phone match. Was e, but I never feel for Santa, but that ain't right, so I was going home to man back to him that night, but when I got home I bought, cause under the tree, was a letter from Santa and the door was for me.